I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 194 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest to bring you on this Transformation Tuesday. Yesterday's guest, Aaron Lohman, delivered a wonderful account of his success story with his own transformation. And today's guest is in the business of helping fitness businesses. We are traveling up past the border to Canada today. Joe Arco will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. My family and I went to see the new Avengers movie over the weekend. My son, Aiden, who just made his first communion, really wanted to see it. I'm sure that many of you dads out there have taken your kids to see Endgame already. Uh, To be honest, they had the 30th anniversary of Batman with Michael Keaton playing in the same movie house, and I would have been just fine watching that instead. Uh, In fact, I could have watched it two times because the Avengers movie was quite a saga, three hours and change, but my kids really enjoyed it. It wasn't my cup of tea. I thought they could have cut the film down to about an hour and a half, but that's just me. I'm not a big Marvel guy. Now, I definitely would have been all over this movie as a kid. I loved watching The Hulk uh, with Lou Ferrigno and Bill Bixby. I remember waiting for the whole show just to see the Hulk, and he would only be on the screen for about 30 seconds or a minute or so each episode. And I guess it was the same problem that I had with the stuff then as it is now. I mean, come on, guys. Let's put the superhero costumes on, and let's get after it. That's what we want to see, you know, superheroes in action. I would love to see one of these movies where the superheroes are on the screen for 90% of the film. But uh, listen, so far, the Avengers has pulled in like a few billion dollars, so they definitely are doing something right. I was fortunate to have a superhero on the podcast here. My man Dean Kane joined me back on episode 47. He, of course, played Superman in Lois and Clark. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I will have actor Jalen Moore, who plays a real-life superhero. He played a Navy SEAL on History Channel 6. And I will have a real-life action hero on the show, former Navy SEAL Chris McKinley, on Friday for a Frogman Friday to close out the week strong. So let's go, dads. Please be sure you are sharing this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's celebrating fatherhood. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action now with Joe Arco. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He came highly recommended by a former guest of the podcast, Troy Brown. He is Canada's fitness business coach. He was 2017's International Trainer of the Year. He is a writer, entrepreneur, and a public speaker. It is a big privilege for me to say, Joe Arco, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Great to be here. I really appreciate you reaching out and uh, asking me to do this. Okay, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I got two kids. Uh, my oldest will be 13 in June, and my youngest just turned 10 a few weeks ago. Wow, yeah, I've got four myself, and my oldest just turned 13 recently, so we have just entered the fray here with the teenage years. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I've been told <laughs> the teenage years are going to be fun. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? So my son plays hockey. Um, this year I got to coach his hockey team as well. He's in mostly the hockey. He's played baseball before with uh, with very little interest, to be honest. So 
hockey is definitely his thing, and my daughter does a lot of uh, gymnastics, and she's also in something called stage coach, which is a lot of like performing, musical, that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, and that gymnastics is becoming more and more popular. More high schools and middle schools now have teams, and my daughter's only four, and she's already asking to join. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great developmental you know, activity for, for young kids. And I mean, personally, I think, you know, we used to all do some gymnastics at the playground and monkey bars and stuff like that. But, you know, it's amazing what kids can't do in school anymore. So I really love watching her kind of do some crazy stuff for a 10 year old that I wish I could do. (laughs) All right, Joe, please do me a favor here. Just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, so I mean, my background, I'm a, I'm a, I've been in the fitness field for 20 years. I've done everything from you know personal training, running studios, running gyms, and and what I do now is myself and my partner Sarah, we run a business consulting service. And the best way I explain that to people is kind of like if you've ever seen the the TV show Restaurant Makeover, we do that, but for the fitness industry. So we help fitness professionals run better businesses, how to you know create more revenue, more freedom in their business, and we're we're really dedicated to helping the fitness industry learn how to run much better businesses. Very cool. And how old were you, Joe, when you became a father? And how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Well, full transparency, fatherhood came as a surprise. It wasn't a planned uh, fatherhood. I, I believe I was 26 at the time. Um, definitely definitely something I will never forget. I was living in, in Ottawa at the time. And I was uh, – sorry, I, I moved back home um, – I went to go visit where I used to live uh, for the weekend and visit some buddies. And my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, remember her, her calling me going, you know, when you get home, we need to talk. And I was like, oh, it's never good when, you're, when your significant other says we need to talk. So the whole five-hour five car ride home, I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? And we had just moved into our home maybe a, a month before this, and everything was running through my mind. I'm like, I think she's cheating on me. I think she wants to break up. I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember I, I get in the door and she's like, you know, sit down, Joe. She's like, I'm pregnant. I didn't know what to do, what to say. I wasn't expecting this at all. Like I said, I'm like, you know, I'm 25, 26 years old. And I just remember just getting up and leaving the house. Like I just, I, I went for a walk and called my buddy, Andrew. I'm like, dude, like I'm going to be a dad. Like what, what is going on? This is not, this wasn't supposed to be the plan. And then honestly, I didn't really know what to do. And it was in that moment that I realized that, you know, my, my father had me when he was very young. My mom was 17. My dad was 19 when I was born. And, you know, things didn't work out between me and my mom, uh, so my mom and my dad, but, you know, my dad being 23 years old took on me by himself as, as, you know, sole custody back in the 80s. I'm like, my dad can do this by himself. I can do this with someone else and with the support that we had. And literally overnight, it really changed my life in terms of, you know, realizing that the universe no longer revolved around me. There was someone else that I had to take care of. I had to, you know, smarten up. I had to kind of grow up pretty quick and, and really start focusing on work and, and, and you know, becoming a, a family person. And, and that's something I've been really working on and perfecting for, you know, for the last almost 13 years now. Yeah, very well said. And fatherhood is one of these things that forces us out of our comfort zone. And, and I guess that is the case, too, with losing weight and getting in shape. Uh, that is a struggle for many dads out there listening. I just had Aaron Lohman on the podcast yesterday. He managed to uh, whack 150 pounds off of his frame. But some dads, they need a push or the inspiration of a personal trainer. Uh, this is right in your wheelhouse here. So what should a dad be looking for when he is on the hunt for a personal trainer to kind of whip him in shape? I think it's important to, for, I think one, you need to look at personality. And, and I tell people like when you are about to hire a personal trainer, you're basically 
agreeing on going on like 50 to 100 dates over the next six to, six to 12 months. So, I mean, get to know that person, go through a good consultation, get it, like, like look at their track record, look at some, some of their testimonials, ask to speak to some of their clients, make sure that trainer, trainer is also right for your goals or your limitations. Maybe that, tra- that trainer is fantastic at CrossFit, but you don't want that. Or maybe they're fantastic at powerlifting or muscle building, but that's not what you want. So, they might be highly qualified, but make sure, A, like it's someone that you can really get along with, that you really enjoy seeing, spending some time with, and then also making sure that they specialize in the specific problem that you're looking to accomplish. Because, not, I mean, as we all know, not all trainers are built equally. They're not all as skilled. Um, and they also definitely don't all have the same personality. So make sure you do some, you know, either some homework, look for some credentials, look for some testimonials, speak to some of the people that they've worked with in the past, what they like about that, see if they're very similar to you as well before jumping into, you know, a commitment of working with someone for a long period of time. Yeah, Joe, and it seems like even with all the technology advancements, many dads are still struggling with this particular area because it does require a lifestyle change. And, and many guys are out there trying to buy into the seven-minute abs. Uh, they're, they're taking all sorts of boosters and supplements and growth hormones and God knows what else. Uh, so what are some of the safe and effective supplements that guys can be taking to kind of complement a good workout routine? Well, I mean, in terms of supplementation to use, uh, without getting into like too much technical individuality, stuff like that, I think everyone should be taking a really good fish oil, a really good high quality multivitamin, you know, supplementing with, you know, a protein powder as well. And I mean, I, I believe that most of your food should come from natural sources. Uh, I mean, the only time I take a protein powder is either A, if I'm really in a, in a rush or if I want to make a snack and I mix it in with some, you know, Greek yogurt or something and, and usually post workouts. Uh, but to me, the essentials are, you know, a good probiotic, fish oil, multivitamin, protein powder would be like your your foundation. And then depending on individual needs, you might kind of steer and add more to that pile. But I mean, I personally believe, like, I take the least amount of supplements now than I ever have in my life. And I, you know, growing up being like early 20s, I, I would be that guy in GNC going, oh, my God, I need every pill under the sun to, to get bigger, to get stronger, without realizing, like, just how ineffective that was. Um, so I really cut back. I mean, aside from the four that I just mentioned, like that's pretty much all I take. And, and for most people looking for the quick fix, like I don't really, I don't recommend the, the quick fix, you know, the, the, the fat burners and all that other stuff. It's, it takes some time. It takes some effort. Put in the time. Put in the effort. Don't look for a quick fix because as quick as it might go off, it's going to come right back on. Okay, it is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more with Joe Arco. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's go, dads. You heard me speaking recently about my daddy-daughter date to see Frozen on Broadway, and it was a night to remember. I bought my tickets on SeatGeek.com and used my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and I saved $20 off my tickets, which I used to buy my daughter a souvenir at the show. Right now, baseball season is in full swing. Both NHL and NBA playoffs are heating up. And if you plan on bringing your kids to any live event, go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in my promo code FIRSTCLASS. One word, FIRSTCLASS. And First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets. It's a slam dunk deal, guys. Go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. 
Very cool. And I'm always curious to ask dads how they handle technology with their kids. And since you're right in the same boat here with me, you're about to have a teenager. Um, how do you kind of handle video games, YouTube, and all that stuff with your kids? You know, I, I, I've, I've battled with this and I've realized, like, I grew up when Nintendo first came out. You know, like back in the, the late 80s or whenever that was. I remember being like, just consumed every single day I'm playing Super Mario Brothers or Rad Racer or whatever. I don't really think that technology is that much more prevalent now with kids. It's just in a different form. You know, every kid has, like I had a Game Boy. So anytime I was in the car, I'm playing Game Boy. That's, that's, that's really no different than being on your phone playing another game. Um, I, I think the issue now is just how easy and how accessible it is and just how almost of a necessity it's become to, to be on your phone. Like both my kids have, have, have phones and it, that was new for this year. Um, I think one of the things that we have to be careful with is just teaching them how to use social media because they're on things like TikTok and Vine and, you know, Instagram. And, and the biggest thing for me is teaching the kids that you don't need validation from social media. The validation comes from yourself. You know, that, that it really doesn't matter what people say or what you post or things like that. I think, I mean, as adults, we have a problem right now getting our self-worth from how many likes we have. Like we all know the, the rush, the, you know, the dopamine rush that we get from posting a picture and getting a hundred likes and comments like, I think it's almost as, as much of an issue for, for adults as it is for kids. So for me, it's, it's leading by example. So, you know, at the dinner table, there's no phones. Like when they come home from school and I'm cooking, I don't mind if they're playing, but we put some limitations on that. And we, we definitely kind of make them aware that it is a game or it's a tool like anything else. And, and just like adults, I think kids have to be just as aware as adults of, of how much time they're spending on there, how it's affecting them. Um, you know, just general length of, of use is, is to me is very important as well. Yeah, and you hit it right there, Joe, with the accessibility. I mean, honestly, my biggest concern with all the technology is the pornography that is so easily accessible with a simple Google search. And I'm like you. I grew up in a time where, you know, the kid who had the Playboy magazine, I mean, he was the man in school. Everybody hovered around his locker. But, I mean, those were just, you know, still images. And now it seems like really a PG introduction to all this stuff. But uh, now, you know, it's possible for kids to see, you know, these really explicit sexual acts before they even see a naked woman. So th that's really where my concern is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where, where the line is drawn. I mean, like, I remember, you know, hopefully my parents never listen to this podcast, but, you know, I remember, like, finding the VHS tapes in my parents' bedroom, you know, at a young age, and same thing, like, friends would come over, like, oh, my God, look what I found. And, I mean, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, to not expose kids to that. Um, but at the same time, again, like, it's getting more and more, but the, the issue has not changed since the days of, you know, the 40s and the 50s and, and, and anything. It, it always comes down to it's just different exposure at different levels. You know, like I still find it funny that, you know, when Elvis came out, parents didn't want their kids listening to Elvis. Then it was, you know, then it was the Beatles. Then it was the Rolling Stones. Then it was Motley Crue. There, there's always something that we are fearful of exposing our kids to. Now, I'm not saying like what we're talking about in terms of pornography is different than music, but I mean, the reality is we, we can never control it. And I think the only thing we can do is, is teach our kids, like, it's going to be there. It's going to be there no matter what. And, and I think the difference is going to be whether your kid is the one showing everyone else <laughs> or whether your kid's the one going, yeah, you know what? Okay, I get it, but we shouldn't be seeing that or, you know, no big deal or whatever it may be. Um, it, it's just teaching the, your kids what to do with the exposure because we can't prevent the exposure. Like, let's be honest. Like, no matter what we do and the more we try to prevent the exposure, the more they're going to want to be exposed to it or are going to want to find it. You know, and I always use the example of like, you have a, a pool in your backyard and you tell your kids not to go in and you put a fence around it. All they're going to do is want to hop that fence and go in because they know it's there. Um, 
teach your kids to swim, teach your kids safety, teach your kids what to do. I'd rather do that than just try to not expose them to anything or be naive to think that they're not going to see it somewhere else just because they don't see it here. Yeah, very well said, Joe. And I see that myself. I've always said, you know, I would never do that with my kids and here I am doing it. You know, it's definitely come full circle. Um, how about discipline, Joe? What type of disciplinarian are you as a father? It's fun. We, we literally just had this, we had some, some company over last night for dinner. We were literally just talking about this conversation and, you know, um, like I've been separated from, from my ex for, oh man, seven, seven or so years. So, I mean, most of the kids upbringing has been like in separate homes. So, you know, there are challenges that come with, with two different houses and, and, you know, different philosophies. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed is that I've, I've actually never disciplined my kids. My kids have never been, I've never hit my kids. I've never, you know, uh, grounded them. Um, I've always treated them like adults. I talk to them like adults. I, I treat them respectfully. And if I'm not happy about something, like definitely they'll know there's, there's, there's that, I call it the bad tone that moms sometimes don't have. It's just that, that, it's that little extra raise of your voice that kids know that you're being serious, but I've always treated them very respectfully. I've, I've talked and communicated with them. And, you know, I've always looked at things like if, if your spouse or one of your friends did something that pissed you off, you wouldn't ground them and yell at them. You have a conversation. You tell them how you feel. You ask them, you know, you resolve the issue. And, I, and I've always been that way with my kids, no matter how young they were. And what's interesting is I used to be criticized because when they were young, I, I wouldn't treat them like babies. I wouldn't use that baby voice. Like, oh, it's okay. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I always treated them with the respect as if they were adults and treated them that way. Um, and now that they're older, they, they respond to me a lot better because of that, because we don't, you know, to me, grounding a kid or taking something away doesn't really solve the issue. Like I'm, I've been grounded my, like, you know, my entire teenage life and, but, but there was no communication. It was just grounding. So I'm like, Oh, whatever. Like I get to do it. And Oh no, I don't have my Nintendo for a week. Big deal. I'll watch TV instead, but it didn't solve the issue. And so one of the ways that I work around that is like, you know, it's just, it's just really good communication. And, you know, my, my kids are, are exposed to a lot of stuff, a lot of personal development. They, you know, we meditate with them. We have a meditation room. We do affirmations with them. We do gratitude stuff with them. You know, they got whiteboards that they write their goals on. Like they, they are definitely exposed to probably different stuff in our household than I would say the average household is. Um, I think that's made a massive difference in terms of how they deal with stress, how they communicate or just how they behave. Yeah, that's pretty cool, Joe. And I know one of the major differences for me as a dad, as opposed to my own father, is I can never imagine my dad apologizing to me for anything. But um, I do find myself doing that. Like when I punish the wrong kid for the wrong thing, I'm quick to call myself out on it and, and say that I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. Is, is, I mean, there's humility in that. And I think it also teaches the kids too. Like, you know what, it's okay to, to be wrong. And, and here's the way you deal with that when you're wrong. You don't deal with it through anger or just, oh, I told you so, or just go away. Um, I think one of the things about being a parent is, is you realize just how much responsibility you have for, for developing these minds and these behaviors and these, these actions these kids have is, is a reflection of, of how you treat them and raise them. And that's a lot of responsibility that I don't think a lot of people like truly, truly grasp the complexity of that. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, all right, what type of uh, goals or plans do you have coming up for the future, and where can my listeners go to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, so the best way of finding about me is just through my website, which is joearco.com, www.joearko. Uh, big things we have coming up, April 13th and 14th in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. We have the 
two-day Canadian fitness business summits. We got 12 speakers and it's just business, business, business only for fitness professionals uh, for two days. That's a big thing we have coming up. And otherwise, just our regular mentorship, coaching, masterminds, uh, all the information we found on my website. Cool. Yeah, I will drop the link to your website in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can just tap the link, find out more about it. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Joe, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? Oh, man, that's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, I would say do a lot more research. Like, really, like, like, I've spent a lot of years just trying to understanding – you know, psychology and, and understanding nutrition, understanding mindset and really diving into to how to communicate a lot better with my kids. Um, I've learned what not to do, other things that, you know, I've taken a lot of great stuff from my dad and also stuff that wasn't great, I've eliminated or stuff from my grandparents or stuff from anywhere is, is you know, look at this as a really, really serious, serious job that needs a lot of time, dedication. It's not just a matter of like feeding them and getting them off to school. Really learn how to develop your kids and, and put in the work on yourself to be able to do that. Well said. I love the advice. You are a first-class father. This was a lot of fun. And I got to say, Joe Arco, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Anytime. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Joe Arco for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. And lock it in for tomorrow's show. We are going to have actor who has starred in History Channel's 6, Showtime's Homeland, and much more. Jalen Moore stopping by the show tomorrow. Then Thursday, we're going to have NFL quarterback trainer Quincy Avery, and we're going to finish off the week with former Navy SEAL Chris McKinley. All right, so make sure you pass the word around about the show here that is celebrating fatherhood and family life. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.